Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Changemakers. I'm Jamie Atkinson, and I'm really excited today because we actually have a returning guest. Now, she hasn't been on Changemakers, but she was on the original Entrepreneur Junkie Movement podcast. And since that's happened, I'm really quite blown away because she actually came through our podcast Profit Lab program. She actually joined and launched her own show. Uh, In the first 24 hours of launching her show, she actually hit number 18 in the business entrepreneurship chart and really took it by storm. But more exciting than anything is the fact that she's back and it gives me a chance to reconnect with one of my really, really amazing friends that I actually went through my journey to hitting my first six figures of sales pretty much alongside. This is a person that was in a coaching program alongside of me. And since then, she's been so invaluable helping and supporting me in the world of Facebook ads. And today we're going to talk a little bit about her podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about what she's helping people with when it comes to Facebook ads. But get this, in the last 12 months, She's actually taken three different separate entrepreneurs to seven figures in sales using all of the strategies that she talks about with Facebook advertising, which blows my mind, as well as doing like six or seven different six-figure launches. And we actually checked in at the beginning of this call, and she actually managed over $2 million worth of ad spend, which is pretty crazy when you think about how much revenue that's going to have generated for a client. So guys, I'm super excited to introduce Lizanne Murphy. Welcome to the show, Lizanne. What's going on? Oh, Jamie, thank you so much for bringing me on today. It is seriously such a pleasure to be here with you and to connect with you. And it's funny, as you were talking, I looked down at the date today. Do you know where we were a year ago today? Oh my gosh, it was probably somewhere exciting, either out at sea or somewhere in Nashville. It's going to be one of those two. We're definitely in the ocean. We were in the ocean. I know this for sure. (laughs) Exactly. We were in the ocean. This morning, actually, a year ago when we woke up, we woke up to uh, drums outside of our uh, cruise ship room because we were in Labadee, Haiti. If that is like even, that is crazy. Yeah, to just, think to, about. just to clarify, in case anybody thought that me and Lizanne had like capsized in the <laughs> ocean somewhere, fallen out of a plane, caught hold of a wing, whatever was going on. No, we were on the Two Comic Club cruise this time last year. And I just remembered because it's actually my birthday on Friday. And I remember having my birthday on the cruise ship, which was kind of crazy. I remember that. What remember an interesting that. reflection. Aren't things a little bit different? Do you remember cruise ships? Do you think we'll ever get those things back again? I'm, I'm not sure what's going right? to happen. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, remember how many people in our party actually got sick afterwards? I mean, who knows? Maybe lot. maybe we were one of the first waves to, to, to get COVID. But Very possible. Yeah, I just can't believe how much has changed in the world and in our own lives in a year. Um, and so I think it's kind of cool to like be able to reconnect exactly a year from the last time. We, well, I guess it isn't exactly year because the last time we saw each other was at Funnel Hacking Live. But it was pretty uh, much a year ago, though, right? That's that's almost yeah. exactly when. And and I think yeah. it's interesting as well because it's the start of the new year. A lot of people are reflecting right now, so I'm excited to dig into this episode because you know we're gonna reflect a lot about both my kind of challenges this year and, and also some of the exciting stuff that you've been up to. So I think it's it's good timing, right? What a, what a time to talk about this stuff. Oh, it's gonna be a party! I'm super excited to dive in with you and, and reconnect. <laughs> so listen. First of all, before we dive in, I want people to understand where you were at 
when we were on that cruise in January. So just to give people some context, give them a, a little bit of insight into, you know, joining Two Comma Club X and, and where you've <clears throat> gotten to up to that point in January. Yeah. I, th- and that, that was a really good reflection time as well for me. So in January, I had just finished my first full year as an entrepreneur. And it wasn't even, it, it wasn't even honestly my first full year because in the beginning of, in January, so let's see, last, last January would have been January, 2020. So in, in January, it was in March of 2019 that I finally cut the final ties with my corporate job. So like, that time that that like nine months before the cruise was like my first boy if you will to like step out into my own thing and i had just finished that year i had i had i broke six figures which was like amazing i was like holy cow like my first year as an entrepreneur i broke six figures helping businesses scale and grow with facebook ads that was way better than i did way better (laughs) (laughs) i was like i was just reflecting at mine the other day and it was like the first year was like six thousand dollars and then the next year was like twenty four thousand dollars and then it started getting good after that but (laughs) yeah well and i will i will be honest i mean uh, it, it was my first year full-time doing it. I had done years with side hustles and I, I had my years, Jamie, of having $6,000 a year or even, even having negative, I had a year of negative 10,000 on a side hustle. That, that That's pretty totally good. Lost. That's pretty good. But, um, but yeah, so it was my first year. And so I was sitting on that cruise ship and I was really like, wow, like this is, you know, I mean, be, being on that ship and being able to like rub shoulders with Russell Brunson and and Steve Larson and Marley Jackson and Ryan and and Brad Ryan Lee and Brad Gibb and like all these like amazing people that were you just had like an, an intimacy and an access to them on that cruise ship that that you we we didn't get at any other time during our time in the coaching program and it really just made me think about like what I wanted to do and and so for me it was super super pivotal to. Um, to, to setting my goals, but it was really interesting because it came at a time where like, like D- December typically is like for, for the Facebook ads world, like people don't sign up to get Facebook ads in January. Like they, if, if they're already using someone, they'll, they'll do a Christmas promotion, but like people don't sign up. So like I had come off of a, of a low month and then going into January, it was a very expensive month. I remember the, the bills that month. It was a lot that month. Yes, <laughs> it was very expensive between the cruise. And then at the end of the month, followed up with Nashville going to funnel hacking live. And so I was a little bit nervous, but like, I just, I had just an intense amount of belief of of what could happen. And so, um, my podcast was also brand new. I had launched my podcast literally six weeks before then. And so I had launched and then I threw your amazing program, which is just awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for putting together an incredible program. And you were right there back. uh, I think you are our second season, right? You were only the second round. We're in season 11 right now, which is crazy. So yeah, you are like a PPL royalty, like an MVP. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Well, it it was seriously, it it was, it was such a good program and I can't even imagine what, what it's like now. I mean, like, seriously, I was telling my team just last week, Jamie, the gold standard for me in terms of how to create a members area for a course was set by how you create a PPL. Like it was so good. Wow. It was so Thank good. you so much. So, That's such a nice compliment. It, it's the truth. It is absolutely the truth. So anyway, I, I, I had all this, you know, opportunity and, and potential and, and I just really stepped into 2020 with, with, with a lot of excitement and, and, you know, getting excited by the cruise and then funnel hacking live, it just fed into that excitement. And, um, I really made some big moves to grow. I hired my first three team members in the first three months of, of 2020. And then right when I hired my first full-time person, the, the pandemic struck. 
And I literally like almost went to that person and I was like, maybe you should go get your job back while you still can. Like you've only been gone for a week. Like, I, I don't know if we can do this. And I lost 70% of my book of business that, that week, the second week of March when, when everything went down. And it's because in, people didn't know, like, like there were some industries that just dried up. People didn't know how long it was going to be. And I had to make a decision on if I was going to scale back and sit back and wait, or was I going to lean in and, and, you know, just push into the, the, the struggle and, and know that it would work out because I knew that it didn't take long for me to realize that online business was going to continue to boom just because of the nature of the pandemic, pushing everyone online, pushing people out of more traditional work. And so I was like, okay, Facebook ads are still a thing. I just need to like maybe shift my focus, pivot my industry, you know, shift how it's, how it's going to work. And so, so last year was a super, super interesting year for that. But, um, you know, I, I did decide to lean in and, you know, looking back, like when I was doing my, my annual review just a couple weeks ago, you know, I now have 13 team members. I over doubled my revenue from the first year, all during a pandemic year. That's like, crazy. Congratulations. Insanity. Insanity. It was absolutely insanity. So, uh, yeah, I mean, th- that's, that's like taking like, you know, the whole year in like just a couple seconds, but yeah, it's just been, it's been a, it's been a wild ride and a crazy journey. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited to to dig into different elements of it with you today. I'm so fascinated. So, so talk to me a little bit about what, what was your, um, what was your thought process immediately? Because so many people right now, um, even though we're nearly 12 months past since, you know, the pandemic and the the, the kind of lockdowns everywhere kind of happened, you know, I've seen memes going around about the two week pandemic that lasted a year. Right. But the, the truth is like, there's still a lot of people right now who are facing the same fears, right? The same fears that you faced when 70% of that business disappeared. Some people are still facing those same struggles. They're worried about leaving their jobs. They're worried about stepping out. They're worried about, you know, pushing their business forward. And, And I think Facebook ads is a really great example of that. You know, the last nine months, I've struggled heavily to invest in Facebook ads and really truly commit to it because a lot of mindset issues and and struggles that I had around there being no guarantees, right? There's no safety net. There's no, you know, you have to have that kind of mindset going into it. So what did you do in those moments? So after after you lost 70% of that business and you said, you know, you had the choice to either lean in or to sort of step back, what did leaning in look like for you? I mean, what, what actually happened in your business? Yeah. So the, the, the first decision that I made with leaning in was to keep the people that I had brought on to my team and to not go back to just doing most everything by myself. I was like, you know, if I, if I really am going to grow, I need to keep them and I need to figure it out. And you don't have to share this, Lizanne, but it, it, would you be willing to share like what the what the costs of that look like? Because I know, you know, I'll share with, with my team, you know, just my payroll of me and my team and to keep the business afloat right now is around about $10,000 a month just to keep everything running with our software and mm-hmm. stuff. What what did it look like for you in March? You don't have to share if you don't want to, by the way. It's sure. Okay. No, no. In March. So in March. Um, so and this was also I. <laughs> you know how it is as a business owner, like you're like, you pay yourself last, right? You know, I'm trying to be way better at that, <laughs> but I was like still still in that mode. But um, between between me and the team in March, let's see, it would have been, it would have been about 10 grand. I, I, I had made, brought my team up to the to the 10 grand mark. So that's a serious um, commitment to say, okay, even though I just lost 70% of my business, I'm gonna keep going with that team. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's crazy. Even like every time I say those numbers, like it doesn't, 
your, your, your mindset around money changes when you become a business owner, you know, like my last corporate job, it would take me three months to make 10 grand, like for myself, like let alone like paying other people, you know, like it's just, it's really hard to wrap your mind around, but as an entrepreneur, you know, now, and now based on like where my team is at now, like looking at like 10 grand, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that'd be a dream. Like to have my overhead be, be 10 grand, but it just goes to show like you're every stage you're at, you're stretching, you know, like in March, that was a stretch. Now it would be a dream, but in March it was a stretch. And now I'm have, have my own stretch, you know? And, um, so yeah, so, so the team was, it was a huge piece of, of leaning in. The second thing, um, that I, I leaned into was going back and looking at every single conversation that I had had with someone that was interesting in Facebook ads and retapping that and saying, because, so for example, most of my uh, book of business in March were coaches. And so people that were doing coaching and selling on the phone, the coaching business really dried up for a time because people just got scared. Mm-hmm. And, and coaching has really come back and it's made, it's made a resurgence, um, in the last several months, but in March, it was all of my, all of my businesses that were coach coaches, they just died because all of their clients defaulted on payments, dropped out of programs. And so it just, everything just like came to a halt. Right. So I went back and I looked at my, um, all my contacts and I was like, okay, well, what are industries that are doing okay? You know, in info products with like low ticket offers, we're doing great. E-commerce was just freaking exploding um, for multiple reasons, like two big reasons. What One is, is that people were bored and scared and, and engaging in retail therapy. Uh, but two, all of the big advertisers had dropped out of the market. Like I, I read a, an article that Facebook lost $20 billion advertising dollars from big advertisers dropping out of the marketplace that were advertising events, sporting Sporting arts, uh, I remember, like I remember that, that surge of, of cheap ads. Like it was just crazy. Like overnight, yeah. like ad costs were like five times cheaper than what they'd been like ever. It was like going back yeah. to like 2017. It was insane. Yeah, it was absolutely insane. And it was because the big dogs dropped out, right? So like the little the little people were winning bids at a much at a much cheaper cheaper rate for a period of time. So when I went back and tapped into my market, I really kind of shifted like, okay, who, who was I working with? Then now I have a bunch of coaches again, but at the time it shifted way heavy e-com, way heavy, uh, low ticket, uh, info products. Uh, and, and, and literally within by, by the first week of April, I had my, my revenue bounced back. So it took me three weeks, but it was, which I, I still look back and I'm like, holy cow, how did that bounce back so quickly? Um, but it just goes to show like when you put your focus on something and your attention on something, like your your fortune can shift very, very quickly. That's incredible. And I'm, I'm really impressed by the whole resilience factor. There's, there's something to be said about, look, when you're in a shit position and things go wrong, you know, doubling down on what you know can work is the key, but also being able to shift, you know, deciding to go after a different customer is a huge decision. Like that's a massive, massive piece, but sometimes it makes complete sense. And so, you know, I always say to people, you have to look at the market, right? You have to look at market demand and figure out where do I fit into that market demand, which is really powerful. I'm honestly, I'm just like fascinated for you to like walk me through the whole year. So where did it, where did it go after that? Like what happened after that? What was the next big shift? 
Yeah. Well, what was really interesting is, is, so I really looked to the gurus and the leaders that we follow, you know? So I was like, what, what is Russell Brunson doing? What is Peng Joon doing? What is Steve Larson doing? Like, how are they reacting to this? And there was a line that, that, that Russell said when he said, um, because of the psychological shifts that the market is going through, people are no longer running towards pleasure. They're running away from pain. And for me, that was like a huge light bulb moment of just like, oh my goodness, like you can market the exact same product. Like you can market podcast profit lab with messaging of helping people run towards pleasure, or you can run it away towards pain. You know, like the, the towards pleasure is like, start the podcast you've always wanted to do, like screw Facebook lives, you know, like get over here and start a podcast. Whereas like the messaging of running away from pain is like, avoid the hours and hours and hours of research. It's going to take you to figure this out. Let me save you time. You know, like things like that, where it's like, let me help you avoid pain. Right. So the whole psychological shift in the marketplace was like, how do I get it? How do I avoid pain? So the clients that I kept, I said, can I do an experiment with you? Can we take down all your ads? Cause the ads just like, just turned to crap. And because people were like, you know, I can't believe you're, trying to take people's money and they call me <laughs> like this, you know? Um, so we turned everything off and we pivoted by changing the messaging. Oh, it was all the same products, all the same funnels, like nothing changed except for the messaging and the ads. And we changed all the messaging and the ads to be running away from pain. So like, I'll give you an example, like the, the, the one where this worked just better than any because of her creativity was Catherine Jones. So Catherine Jones was CF design school. Like typically her ads are very much run towards pleasure ads, right? Where it's like, um, you know, get a skill that will increase your pay or like crush your, your funnel conversions. I know you guys have done JVs, so you're familiar with your messaging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we switched it to running away from running away from pain. So we talked about how like, like, did the world pull the rug out from under you? Have you lost your sense of security? Like, are you, are you tired of your, your state of being being controlled by an outside force and by the government and by viruses, you know, and we had to be like really careful with the messaging because you can't, you know, talk about some of this, some of that stuff in ads. But when we switched that and she did really creative ads where like she, she had one where she wrote her ad on a roll of toilet paper, which toilet paper was you know, like the commodity. <laughs> so like she, and she like unrolled the toilet paper, like as, as she was reading the ad about CF design school, which was like incredibly relevant for the time, you know, like a toilet paper ad a month previous, like wouldn't have made any sense. You know, she got a lot of flack and fire for it, but she also got a lot of love for it. And, and her ads just totally changed demeanor. And our cost per acquisition during the pandemic was actually cheaper for CF design school than it ever was. Her sales were better in the pandemic because of the shift that we did and we at end of the end of the opportunity that we were putting in front of people to run away from pain and that the and the opportunities that cf design school would would afford and so for me it was just it was a huge learning experience for me as a as as a business owner as an agency owner of the power of market psychology and the power of again leaning in and working with what you've got to make it work yeah that's a huge factor and and honestly i'm so blown away because that that shift that you made with Catherine's ads was a huge factor of what made us so successful and and it was really interesting that that 
snowballed into one of her next launches that she did and and i could feel the momentum from the other side of the screen which was absolutely powerful and i'm i'm also a little bit curious about you know and and i'm actually going to ask you a little bit more about shifts for ads in 2021 in a second but before we dig into that i'm curious about the podcast and what was happening alongside while this was going on. So yeah. you had been you had been publishing, and, and one thing that I was always really impressed about for you, Lizanne, was that the marketing matrix just exploded. And when you put it out there, you were very visible in lots of different areas. You know, you had video, you were repurposing the content. What what was the what was the biggest difference that you found during those changes in the pandemic, and, and what was happening with the podcast at the time? Yeah, so and it was this was a big shift that happened for me on the cruise as well as at Funnel Hacking and Live. So what happened is on the cruise, so there were people in that room like uh, Myron Golden, Marley Jacks that I had interviewed on the on the podcast before the cruise, and so when I saw them, you know, like we already had like this bond because I had invested in them and pulled out their story and asked them good questions. And every single person, like, like if I was in an elevator with Myron Golden, he would turn to the person we were with and he would say, oh, this is Lisanne. She is an amazing interviewer. She's just an ama- I love her podcast. She's an amazing interviewer. It, of course, made me feel good. But like I got that from a number of people. And what I realized was, wait, but like I'm not I'm not an interviewer. Like I'm, I'm a marketer. I'm a Facebook ads person like and so, and so I realized, like, I think there's something missing for my podcast because up to that point, my podcast was 100% interviews and it was, it did world, it seriously did wonders for my business, for my networking, all these things. But I was, I was, I was becoming known as a good interviewer. So when I went to uh, Steve Larson's content um, event before Funnel Hacking Live with Peng June, and it was there, I had this epiphany that like, because people were not hearing from me, I wasn't having an opportunity to practice my voice. I wasn't having an opportunity to indoctrinate people. And so I like had this like almost like I like podcast identity crisis where the, the PIC, I had a right. pick, the podcast identity crisis. It's so funny running around. Oh my God, what has my podcast become? I can visualize it. Exactly. Right. 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 I mean, your pillars, you're questioning everything. Right. <laughs> um, And I really had an identity crisis with the podcast. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, what is this for? And how how can I how because it really it really was a lead source for my agency. So, like, how could I put my voice out there without sabotaging that as a lead source? You know, so it was during Funnel Hacking Live that I really decided that I was playing small with my podcast by only interviewing and that if I really wanted to be a marketing voice and an influencer, so to speak, and like put myself out there on the stage as, as a head that people wanted to listen to and follow. Like I had to get out there and talk about stuff, which I can have a conversation any day, but like creating for, for whatever reason, like creating a solo episode was like, it's really terrifying. daunting for a lot of people. It's terrifying. Right? Yeah. It's like tough. Like I, I can interact with people and I can teach hours hours and hours and hours but to like sit down and create like my own podcast it's like my very first solo episode I think it was like seven minutes and I thought by the end of it I thought it was literally like a 45 minute episode and I was just like (laughs) it's the worst like if you go back and listen to it like I'm choppy and like it, it totally sounds like I'm reading because I am you know like it was just it was terrible but anyway so I made the decision to have 50% of my content be solo content 
which was a huge shift, not just in terms of um, focus, but in terms of resources. Right now I had to think of topics and prepare topics and, um, but, but really a huge shift for me happened by uh, learning my voice that way. Like the podcast then became not just a tool for networking, not just a tool for lead generation for my agency, but it also became the place where I learned to, to talk about what I liked talking about and um, to share ideas in a powerful way. And, and, and it was, and it was, it was seriously just so it was, it was powerful for me as, as a, as a business owner and um, as, as an influencer in the space. That's amazing. And one thing I'm curious about is that something that you, that you said right at the beginning of this call was like, look, you know, my, you know, my shtick, it's Facebook ads and podcasting. And I thought that was so interesting that, you know, that you put such an emphasis on that. Cause if I was to look at myself, I would say, okay, email and podcasting, those are the two realms that I operate in for the most, you know, podcasting because I podcast, but also that's what I talk about. But email is, you know, one of the other mediums that I deliver a lot of my content on. Would you say that there's been any, um, any lessons that you learned from being so committed to podcasting that you took away and helped apply to other people's businesses within your agency? Mm, That's a good question. Um, I think that the, the, the biggest thing that podcasting has done for me is it has given me a, an immense respect for organic content and organic marketing. Um, just an immense, immense respect for it. It, and it's helped me be able to see how, like, like with ads, ads, I think seriously are one of the most powerful, powerful tools for scaling and growth. But the problem with ads is like, as soon as you stop spending money, you disappear. You literally evaporate from the marketplace. Your ads don't linger. I mean, they might for a couple of weeks if like someone shared it with a friend or like they left a tab open on, on the post or whatever, like, but, but like for all intensive purposes, like you literally just like disappear, you know, but for podcasting, it allows you to create a footprint. It creates a footprint for on, on the podcasting platforms. And then depending on where you are repurposing it, like for example, like I put all my podcast episodes on YouTube and like, I don't know Jack about YouTube. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> I, it, it's an area that I want to dive into, but like, like I got an email the other day that was like, you've had 250 views on YouTube. And I'm just like, wow. Like just from posting a podcast episode up there, you know, and, and, and I'm sure that there's so much more that can be done there, but like, those are there forever. Like they're, they, they use Google's SEO capabilities and, and all those, all those things. And so between the, just the evergreen nature and like, I just, just released yesterday, actually my 100th episode. Wow. Marketing That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. So my, my goal was in 2020 to produce 50 episodes, like to do about one a week. And I ended the year doing double that um, just because we actually, I was, I, w- I was trying to follow you so closely to like get ahead on my content. I got like nine months ahead of my content that like my podcast manager was like, if we don't start doubling up posting, like people are forgetting that they were even on the marketing matrix and like they aren't promoting <laughs> your, your, your content. Like it Wait, was like, I got like, Hey, so your episode ahead. went out. They're like, what are you talking about? I have yeah, no idea. Literally, we were week after week. People were like, what? Like they literally forgot that they were on my podcast. And so, um, you know, I'm learning that as well. Like there's a fine balance between like getting ahead on content versus like, being timely with your guests and things like that. But anyway, 
it's just been a huge, huge series, series of, of lessons learned. But the biggest thing is, is the power of organic content. So now I won't take an agency client unless they have an established organic content method. I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to be podcasting. You know, I'm into podcasting, but it needs to be something. It needs to be a Facebook group, lives, consistent email marketing, um, an Instagram following. You know, it, it really, I really don't care what it is, but it, unless they have a solid organic strategy, I will not bring them into my agency um, as a client because I know the power of combining paid and organic advertising. It's just, it's, it's synergistic. So I, I, I do want to dig into a little bit of tactical stuff because, you know, I, I'm fascinated by the whole idea. We this year actually are going to be using a lot of our podcast episodes actually as a nurture tool alongside our Facebook ads to get people, you know, coming in with leads and then, you know, getting them to listen to our podcast episode with a view to getting them to, you know, become clients and, and buy our products. So I'm, I'm super curious about hearing that you really only want to work with clients who have that balance of organic content and also, you know, running the paid advertising. What do you think are some um, major shifts that um, you would probably suggest people to keep an eye out for in 2021 when it comes to Facebook ads, because there's going to be a lot of people here who either are jumping in for the first time, maybe they're dabbling with it right now. Um, maybe they're not sure when the right time to start is. So maybe you can talk a little bit about, you know, some, some trends you think might happen, but then maybe we can also touch on, you know, when do you start? Yeah, that, well, these are, these are all really good questions. So I think it's really important to recognize. So there's a lot of a lot of buzz and a lot of fear right now around Facebook ads because of the iOS Apple update um, that they are going to have people um, have to opt in to receive advertisements, which Apple is a huge, huge platform for Facebook ads coming. And it's a really interesting move um, that Tim Cook is making um, for Apple. And it's actually it's not like it's funny. He out of all the articles that I've read and things that I've seen, he talks about it like he's like, you know, I want to protect your privacy and all these things. But like when people are surveyed, people actually like getting ads that are tailored to their interests. Mm -hmm. Like people want to consume things that they want to consume. And know? I'm sure Apple's not taking any data from people who are using their iPhone, right? That's that's definitely not, not happening. No. Well, and here's what's crazy is Apple is actually going to be introducing very soon their own advertising platform. So what they're really trying to do is take a market share. Yeah, that's exactly of, it. And so, and so for me, it's, you know, it's, there's lots going on there, but like Facebook, Facebook, Google, they're too big to, to, to not find a way to get the data, you mm -hmm. know? So like, like they're working in the background. So like, I'm confident that like, whatever solution they come up with, like ad advertising is not going to die. I really don't think this is the thing that like, you know, how Russell says, like, like the Zuckerberg slap, like, I don't, I don't think this is it. No, because we, um, we, you've seen it all time and time again. We, we had this conversation with the data protection law changes when they brought that out in Europe and everybody freaked out about that and then nothing happened. Like it was just, I think there's always these scares that come up. And really, I think, sure. you know, for the, for the savvy marketers, for the people that understand advertising and understand that, look, paid advertising is never going to go away. Like it, it, it's always going to exist in one form or another. It's just going to evolve. And if you can understand how to leverage that, you're going to, you're going to win in the long game, right? Exactly, exactly. So I think I, I think it's really important for people to recognize that like to win with ads, it, it really takes, it's it's two sides. Like one is you, you do need to know the technical side and how to set up your ad properly and how to get the right objectives on the campaign. Or hire the right stuff. person for it, right, Lizanne? <laughs> exactly, right? 
Exactly. But really, the, the other piece of it that's super, super important is you need to know who you're talking to. And this is really like the, the, the horse that I, that I beat to death constantly, like in all my content is like, you can save yourself so much money by knowing and defining who you're talking to. You can either define that and tell Facebook to go after that person, or you can pay Facebook to find it while spending your money, find them by spending your money while they're looking for them. Like, because Facebook will find them eventually. Like it's designed to optimize your stuff, but you can help so much by knowing who you're talking to and really dialing in who you're talking to, why you're talking to them, what problem you're solving, what result you're trying to get. Um, and so much of ad spend can be saved by just making sure that your messaging is dialed in. I had a awesome, awesome interview with Josh Forty on my podcast a few months ago, and I loved what he said. He said, all paid advertising is, is paying to put your message in specific places. And it's really true. Like paid advertising, it's designed to help you find new markets. But the key word there is new markets, which means you already have to have a market that's established, a market that is already identifying with your messaging, a market that's responding to what you're putting out there. If you don't have that yet, you really have no business running ads unless you just have unlimited money to spend. And I, I always like to think of marketing as the game of just reminding people, right? Like you're just, you're just constantly trying to remind but hey, don't forget about me. I exist over here. Remember when you looked at my thing six months ago? I'm still here. You, you still want a podcast, right? Like it's, it's so crazy that we can overcomplicate it and go super deep. But we, we really are just trying to go and get our message in front of more people, you know, and, yeah. and I don't know if you've experienced this this year, Lizanne, but certainly for me, one of the biggest challenges I hit this year was just a saturation point. It's that I had a warm audience and every single person in that warm audience had heard my message multiple times. Most of those people had bought and I had to find a new way to bring more people into my world. And I resisted that for so long and I dabbled and I tried a bunch of these different things, but we had an amazing offer, an amazing way to convert people. You know, everything was absolutely perfect. Apart from the fact we just needed more people in the pipeline. And I think this is the thing that, you know, especially once you get to multiple six figures on the way to seven figures, it's so clear to me that the thing that makes the difference between, you know, six figures and seven figures is understanding how to leverage paid advertising. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 paid it's paid advertising to get more people in your pipeline and systems. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. 100%. for sure. For sure. Yeah, I had I was talking I had Steve Larson on my podcast just like two days ago and I love he always just makes things simple, right? He said all marketing in is is noise. Right. And going back to you like reminding people like, hey, like I'm still here. You know, I have conversations like that with my clients all the time. You know, like if they're not like promoting something, I'm like, okay, well, what can we run low key in the background to just keep you out there? Keep the noise going because it really does create this sense of um, omnipresence and authority when you're out there. And paid advertising is like a really, it's not cheap in terms of money, but it is cheap in terms of like time resources to do it. You know, like to get the same amount of exposure organically, I mean, you'd have to be booking press tours for yourself and getting out there and getting in groups and, 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 and repurposing all that content, which I, are amazing strategies. And I, and they're ones that I do, but you can also spend hundred bucks and do the same thing. 
I think there's a with the podcast. There's also a massive cost to that organic exposure. You know, I, I look at all the people that that I've kind of come up with. I suppose you know, if we look back two years, you can see all the people who have you know sort of made it and built six figure businesses and had some success. And most of the people that I see who put in that hard work of organic you know, aren't doing it to the same level as what they did a year or two years ago. Now, some people say, yes, that's because you've grown. But I actually think there's a huge energy cost associated with that. I know me, Alex Elliott, you know, Doug Bowton, like other people that have gone hard at organic in the past, just don't have the energy to put into it the same as what we did a year ago. And I actually had a conversation with a member of my team. And I said, you know, we were talking about redoing one of my programs. And I said, I actually think that would be a mistake. Because the energy and the excitement and the momentum that I put into that particular program. So if I tried to re-record it today, I, I wouldn't be able to give it the same level of energy because, you know, put me in a room with, you know, 50 people and it's going to be like that. But the cost has been so high with doing that again and again and again and again, that it's just not, it's just not the same anymore. And, you know, mm. I love Stephen, and I'm sure as a friend, he wouldn't mind me saying this, but, you know, even with podcast episodes, I've seen on his show sometimes his energy dropping and then raising back up again through different seasons and different series. And I think it's true that when you put out so much organic, it does have that cost associated with your energy levels. And that's something that paid advertising, you, you don't have that issue. You pay with it with money, but you're able to save so much of yourself and for me that's a big thing this year is you know getting back my energy getting back my time so that when I do go put myself out there organically it's with energy and vigor not because I have to not because it requires it but because I actually want to and, and have that you know that level of attention that I can give it mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a really interesting perspective and it's totally true I mean it's why like I work with Doug right now it's right. Like I spent the second half of last year doing live launches with him. And now everything we're doing is turning all of that evergreen, you know, and, and it's just, and it's why Alex Elliott just handed over the ownership of her group. I mean, her group's amazing. And yet she's just like, dude, like, yeah, she's done with it. She's because she just exhausted herself and I don't blame her. I get it. I totally get it. And us, we, we aren't doing live launches now either. You know, we're going to run some live webinars in March with Facebook advertising behind it. But you know, we're also done with live launches. Most of the way we're bringing people in nowadays is, is evergreen. It's through these different programs that we've got. So I, I think that definitely, you know, if you're a smart, savvy marketer and you're looking to try and build your business to six figures, you have to consider paid advertising just to save yourself, right? Like there's a huge element there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Just to save yourself. It's, and it's true. I mean, organic is, it, it has a staying power, but it is, it is incredibly resource costly mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So Lizanne, we're, we're kind of getting to the point where I want to wrap up the episode, but um, I want to make sure that for anybody that's listening right now who is kind of considering, okay, when is the best time to jump in with ads and, you know, what, what should I be looking at? What would be like a couple of quick tips that you've got for somebody who's thinking about Facebook advertising? You know, maybe they are, are liking the idea about starting a podcast. What would be your advice to, um, for when to get started and how to go about it? Yeah. So I, 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 I waffle on this answer all the time because it, the, the truth of the matter is, is like you can succeed with, a, with a small budget, you know, it's, it's more challenging, but you can, you know, but I, I, I get people all the time. that are like, Oh, I tried Facebook ads and they don't work. And my, always one of my questions is like, well, how much did you spend? And they're always like a hundred bucks. It's just like, <laughs> 60 you bucks. really can't. Yeah. And they're like, and they're like, and my program is nine ninety seven, And I'm like, well, you have any, 
No way. Like until you've spent at least $2,000, $3,000, like you've no idea if, if those ads are actually working or not, you know? Um, but it's not their fault. Like they, they, they don't know what to look for. They don't know what to look at, what measurement tools to use and stuff like that. But you can succeed with, with small budgets. Um, it's also a struggle because, and I was talking to Steve about this in depth just, just the other day. He, he, is, a, he is a launch man. Like, he's a launch man through and through. Like there's corporate yeah. men and then there's launch men. And he's a launch he's, man. He's a launch man. It's so true. But like when I look back at all of my clients that I had just in 2020, and I look at the success of their campaigns, an evergreen campaign that's successful has a return of ad spend of two, three, four. You know, four is amazing for like an evergreen, like a, just something that you're just running constantly in the background. Evergreen meaning that, there's not a launch associated with it. It's an offer that's always available, right? Whereas with every launch that I was involved in last year, like I, I, I did multiple launches with Doug, Doug Bouton, Josh Forty, Catherine Jones, that huge one with her smoke them out. That was, that was a, you know, yeah, that was an operation, right? That was huge. It was huge. Like the return on ad spend for just the sales attributed to cold traffic, not even total revenue because when you do launches, like there's a lot of organic buzz that that brings in a lot of stuff, but like just the cold attributed return on ad spend was anywhere from 15 to 40. Like it's just, it's just crazy. So I was actually talking to Steve about this just the other day. I said, because people want a consistent state of, of, of income and, and people think that they can't launch if they don't have a list. And I asked Steve, I said, do you think we go about it wrong as marketers, like wanting to create that signature course and then just have it run evergreen in the background? Like, should we start with launches? And he said something so interesting. He was just like, he's like, I don't care if you have a list or not. You should absolutely do launches. Like it teaches you so much and it brings in that boost of cash that is unlike anything else. He said, I don't turn anything evergreen unless after a launch, I can cut my revenue in half, double my cost per acquisition and still have it be at least a two return on ad spend. That's the only reason why I, I do anything that's evergreen. And for me, I was like, wow, that's like a really interesting way to think about it because normally when I work with people, it's very much on an evergreen basis, but you know, so I'm, I'm even right now, like just to, you know, pull kimono back a little bit, I'm even really rethinking my model of like, should I only work with people on in a launch basis with the, like we're going to launch, it's going to be successful. And then we're going to look at it and we're going to see, should this thing be evergreen? And then we'll go through that process. Whoop, I just dropped my light. We'll go through that, we'll go through that process if, if it makes sense. Well, I, think I, mean? it, I think it's a really interesting question. And, you know, <laughs> for us this year, you know, we're redoing our, our live webinar in March and we're going about it in a, in a very similar way. You know, we're doing an organic launch on the back end. Um, we actually have planned in doing six weeks of live webinars, sometimes doing two webinars a week. Um, and the big reason we want to do that is to make the webinar as good as possible, right? Like we, I've already done it 50 times, like probably 52 times at this point, but we want to get to the point where it's so good and so fresh and so incredible for exactly the reason you just said, because, you know, the reality is when you do turn it evergreen, usually it does drop by about half, right? The conversion levels. And so if you're still able to make it profitable at that level, then then that's when you can go evergreen. And I think this is a mistake a lot of people make. They, they want to go to evergreen right out of the gate because it's easier. But the problem that they'll have is that as ad costs rise, as you scale, they're usually going to struggle to make ends meet. It's so true. Yeah. I, I just ran, so I just finished, um, I ran a mastermind to teach people ads in, in, the, in quarter four. And it was such a blast, but th there was this person in my mastermind and, and she's amazing. 
Um, but she was running these evergreen ads to a, to a webinar and the ads were crushing it. I mean, like she was pulling in registrants to an evergreen webinar for like three to five bucks. Like it was just amazing. And her CPMs were low or link click through rates were high. It was just amazing. But people weren't making it all the way through the funnel. And, and it took us a few weeks to figure out what was going on, but eventually it came out that the webinar that she had put in the broadcast room was, she'd only done it once and it was to an audience that already knew who she was. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I wish I would have known this a couple of weeks ago. Like I, I just, it, this, the data always leads you to know what questions to ask. And the data led me to ask the right question to realize that the webinar wasn't even for a cold audience. And I was like, oh my gosh, shut the ads down. Like you have to make this shift. Uh, you have to prepare a presentation for cold traffic. And so she's in the process of doing that right now. And, um, but, but it, it's true. People, you know, they want to just like, oh, okay, I, I did the presentation, just send some traffic to it. And sometimes it works, but like nine times out of 10, it's not going to. 99 times and, out of a hundred more likely, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. And so anyway, I, I totally agree with that. That like, I, I think we need to, um, we need to be willing, like, like people are attracted to the evergreen model because it's like passive money. You know, they think it's like passive money on the internet. Passive money doesn't come by passive effort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it takes so much energy and active, active energy and effort and, and doing it to get something to work before it can work for you. I totally agree. Lizanne, that's an amazing point to end on. Now, just before we finish the episode, I want to make sure people have somewhere to find out more about you or to maybe get some more information. And this has honestly been such a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, where can people find you if they want to find out more information? Yeah, well, I, I've loved the episode too. I've loved just how conversational it's been. You know, it's not like my normal, like, this is my origin story, you know, <laughs> it's been a blast. Um, so yeah, there's really two places. One, we've talked all about the podcast. We're listening on the podcast. So if you're a podcast person, come hang out with us at the Marketing Matrix. You can go to the marketingmatrixpodcast.com and you can find it on any on any platform. Um, and then, but if you want to join the conversations that I have around marketing, the best place for that is in my Facebook group. So my Facebook group is called Facebook ads for coaches, course creators, and lifestyle e-com brands. I know that is like the most unsexy name, but it works with Facebook's SEO. So <laughs> it's, it's super great. Um, so anyway, yeah, we have conversations around marketing. I have tons of free training in there. You can talk to me directly about what's going on with your ads and, and ask questions like, like when is the right time to start? Because it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Um, so realize that ads do cost money, but, um, but you can, you can often, for me, getting started with ads is like, you have to be in the mindset of data, right? Mm -hmm. So like, if you can get in that mindset and that you realize that you're buying data, like you, people can often start ads way earlier than they think. So come talk to us about it in the group, listen to the podcast. Um, and, and yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to meet you if you really, if you liked this interview. And you guys are cool and you should know Lizanne's part of our tribe. So you should definitely go check her out. She's a real change maker. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Really quickly, if you're here and you're wondering, hey, this sounds cool about all this podcast stuff. I like how people are making money with it. How do I even start my own podcast, Jamie? Then make sure you go and download our free five-day pop-up podcast. You can go to changemakersmovement.com forward slash five days. That's number five, D-A-Y-S 
make sure you spell it right because otherwise it's just not going to work. So hope you guys enjoyed that. We'd love to see you on the next episode. Make sure you go follow Lizanne. You can catch her on Instagram as well. I love watching her on Instagram. She has all sorts of cool videos. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.